now, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hello, people. <laughs> hey, you know what we're going to do today? We're going to try to get through the show without coughing and blowing my nose, first of all. <laughs> so, here's the deal, people. We have a really good show. Really, seriously. I'm going to show you a video today. It's the perfect video that has that actually, actually shows you the courage and the convictions of people who are in leadership and it's perfect for the for the scripture I'm going to read you that I read this morning I didn't even know God was going to show me this later so it's so cool so share this out okay and let's listen to John Waller as we uh, open the show okay because that's what this is about ultimately I was talking to my best friend this morning and she was talking about this very verse. It's very cool. Somebody gave her a sign that had this verse on it. With powerless religion, people. With powerless religion. No No more living in deception. That's a powerful word there. Like sheep, we have all gone straight. We must choose this. Hi, everybody. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. Idols raise, tear them down. We will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. To one king we bow down. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's important. Okay, here we go. Sing it. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. I don't 
hearts to another. Amen. That's right, people. So this morning, I was reading a couple of things in my Bible app, and I bring this up because this is super important. Not like everything I say is super important, but this is important. Um, Anyway, I was reading in my YouVersion Bible app that most of us use because it's been around forever, and... um, Two people stood out to me that I I wanted to bring up to your, just to your attention. Esther, also known as Hadassah, stood out to me because here was a woman who had, uh, you know, a hard background. I mean, her parents were gone. She was an orphan. She was being raised by her uncle Mordecai. Uh, people didn't know she was Jewish. Okay, that was a secret. Um, and here she was put into a situation where she had a choice, and the choice was, does she stand for the, her, her God, right, the one true living God, or does she go, you know what, I can't do this, I'm out of here. The other person that um, I was reading about was Daniel, and Daniel is an amazing man of God. I mean, he doesn't, I don't think he gets the credit due him. He's one of the only men uh, in scripture that actually there, there's really nothing negative written about him. Uh, he was a man who um, left his culture, Babylon, or actually not Babylon, but he, left, he ended up in Babylon, basically a, an alien, if you will, in a new area, right? And him and his three BFFs. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Randall knows the Hebrew names. I don't have those memorized like Bareface does, but but anyway, long long story short, he was literally targeted by the government um, because of his prayer life, right? So he had to make a choice, and he decided to choose for, again, the one true living God, and ended up, you know, there's, you know, lions and fire, and God, oh my, <laughs> various things like that, right? So... We have these two stellar human beings, which they were, um, you know, as examples to us of faith. No doubt they had, you know, things written, uh, not written about them that actually, um, you know, um, um, you know, happened. But anyway, long story short, <clears throat> they inspire me because they were a, a man and a woman who stood in a culture that was trying to shove immorality and idol worship and false gods down their throat constantly. And they were constantly challenging them to deny the one that they said that they served and believed in. And there, it's no different today. It's zero. It's, it's not different. It's no different than today. I remember about almost, it's been almost 20 years ago when I started listening to Janet Parshall, who was a currently a talk show host over on Moody Radio, but at the time she was on Salem Radio, 
and she was doing a show called Janet Parcels America. In fact, a couple of days ago, I found an old photo of me, her, and Randall meeting for the first time. And I looked at that picture, and she was about my age in that picture. She was about 50 years old, and now, now she is, how old is she now? I think she's 68. So I guess it was 18 years ago I met her. <clears throat> and 18 years ago, the thing that caught my attention as a younger woman at that time, 18 years younger, uh, was how she was, she was instructing her audience about, about the days and times in which we live and how important and vital it is for us to stand for what we believe as Christians, because that's why God called you out of the world. He called you to be a light, right? A light in the city. Uh, you know, he, he said that we are the lights of the world, which we really are. I mean, you know, some of us might be dimmer than others, but hey, you know, <laughs> we're still lights because when it's dark out, you know what, you know what uh, makes the darkness go away? Light. Yeah. So anyway, I want to read, I want to read you some verses that I was reading this morning. And then I'm going to talk about a number of stories today. We got, we have a couple of really hot, hot uh, stories. First of all, you know, most of you, I don't know if you've heard Penny Marshall has died. Uh, Laverne, you know, L of Laverne and Shirley, uh, she's died. I'm not going to talk a lot about her, but, but most of you, I was thinking about that too. I was thinking, man, she's, she was 75 and apparently she died of complications to diabetes. And also apparently she had, um, brain and lung cancer as well. Um, in recent years she was diagnosed with that, but, um, I was thinking about her and I was thinking about how, as I get older, the, the people, the icons of our generation, they, they're like old enough and they're dying off. And I was, I was thinking, oh my gosh, you know, the people that were on TV that were quote, the idols of the day, they're all dying. Oh no, that means my generation's next. Ah, you know? <laughs> ah, so we don't have much time here, people. We need to, we need to get to work for God's kingdom. So let's, let's read this. I'm going to read this is out of first uh, Peter chapter two. Beginning in verse 13, if you're on my text message list, uh, I sent you a verse, I sent you a verse out of this passage, but I want you to hear the context because this is important. Um, actually, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and, um, no, I'll just start at verse 13. Okay. So first Peter chapter two, verse 13 says this, submit yourselves, uh, for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as to the one in authority or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. For such is the will of God that by doing right, you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. Act as free men and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Servants must be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. For this finds favor, if for the sake of conscience toward God, a man bears up under sorrows when suffering unjustly. For what credit is there if when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience. But if when you do what's right and suffer for it, you patiently endure it, endure it, 
This finds favor with God. For you have been called for this purpose, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness for by his wounds you were healed for you were continually straying like sheep but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls so i'm not going to do a full-on exegetical bible teaching here but you got to understand the context of the day in which peter was writing this passage you know, the disciples, they, when they went out and they were preaching the gospel, uh, they knew that they were being countercultural because there was kings in authority and there was, you know, the government and, and all this, which is, which, which when you're talking about Jesus versus an earthly king, you have to make a choice. They had to make a choice. And a lot of them ended up in prison because of the choice that they made, which was to follow and honor the Lord above the earthly king. But he talked a lot about freedom here. And, you know, he says, act as free men and don't use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of Christ. And I think that there's what's missing in the kind of the understanding of this is that there is actually a um, a teaching about grace that's not actually directly tied in here, but the audience knew it right? So should we sin so that grace may abound? Romans talks about. The answer is no. Are you free? Let me ask you this. Are you free if you're a Christian and you end up in prison? Yes, you are. You're still free. You might be in prison behind prison walls, but you're still free. Your consciences are free and you still have a freedom to do the things that God would call you to do. And here's basically what, he, what you know, in a nutshell, this, this, you know, he's talking about is, hey, a lot of people, some people are suffering because they did stupid things. They did bad things. You're suffering because you're doing good things and that God will honor, right? I mean, that's the bottom line. So I saw that and I thought, yeah, you know what? Uh, in my, my journal that I do every day or I try to do every day, I, w- I was thanking God today for freedom not only freedom of the religion that I can practice here in America, but the freedom I have as a woman to live in America, the freedom I can say, I can sit behind this microphone and I can talk about whatever the heck I want. Nobody tells me anything. Otherwise I'm not, you know, I'm free. I'm really, really free. And the only thing that binds me up is fear in any type of way. Right. But I still have to submit unto the Lord and, you know, fear. My, my definition of fear is um, faith every day. Um, accomplishes results. So you might want to try that. Uh, Anyway, so then I saw this story coming out of Tennessee. And um, and I want to play you this video. I I don't know if you're going to play this on the um, website. But this was actually over on the website called Friendly Atheist. And I'm just going to read what he had to say. And then we're going to watch this video. So the title of his article is Citing the Bible, Tennessee School Board Member Rejects Gay-Straight Alliance Club. Now, before we go any further, if you don't know what the Gay-Straight Alliance Club is, it's actually a, it's a program 
that is sponsored by GLSEN, the Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network, whose sole purpose is to go into public schools and indoctrinate underage children into the belief that homosexuality, bisexuality, etc., is all normal, natural, and it's fine, it's moral, etc., you know, and that everybody should praise it and accept it and no matter what. <clears throat> And years ago, when I was in California, and I taught at a Christian educators conference, I did a, a whole seminar on this, I actually talked to a whole class of young people who were in gay-straight alliances as Christians, and they actually told me to my face, right there in public, that many of them were bullied into actually going to be a part of the club. Um, okay, so... The Gay Strain Alliance pushed itself into Orange County, California, where Randall and I used to live. Uh, we've shared that story before, but the long and short of it was the outcry from the community was massively against it. But the school board ended up approving it anyway. The school board didn't, but a, a, a lawyer a court. Did. Yeah, you're right. A court enforced it. A court, yeah. So, so there's that. Anyway, so this isn't like um, non-controversial, but... I'm going to, I'll read what this atheist wrote. He writes, this shouldn't be controversial. A group of students at Volunteer High School in Tennessee wanted to start a chapter of the Gay Strain Alliance and completed all the necessary steps to do it. Their principal approved the paperwork and the group was official except for one problem. The Hawkins County Board of Education has two conflicting policies uh, about who gets final say over new student groups. One policy grants that authority to the principal the other grants it to the school board. That led to a, quote, fiery, unquote, discussion between six of the board members last Thursday. Many of, they, many of them didn't like the club, but they knew they couldn't legally say no to it. Even the board's attorneys said the district would lose a lawsuit if they said no to the GSA's formation. It's not exactly enthusiastic approval, excuse me, but a reluctant acceptance of how the law works. The board ultimately approved the group, excuse me, five to one. But that one vote came from a guy who has no business serving in elected office because he insists that his interpretation of the Bible mattered far more than the Constitution, state laws, or what student wa students wanted. Now keep in mind, this guy's an atheist talking about this pastor, okay? Techie Hicks, who works as a Baptist pastor, said that if the GSA group was formed, he would urge parents to pull their kids out of school. Hicks told board members, and you're going to hear this, uh, uh, he took the same oath as Vice Chairman Debbie Shedden, who, but he believes the Bible supersedes the Constitution of the U.S., the Bill of Rights, the Magna Carta, the Mayflower Compact, school board policy, the state constitution, and everything else. And I agree wholeheartedly, just so you know. I wholeheartedly concur uh, with this pastor. Anyway, quote, Therefore, based on that, there's no way under God's heaven I can approve any such club in our schools, Hicks told the board. I've got a daughter who has a child in second grade this year, and she's already made the decision that if something like this is approved by our board, she's pulling her kid out of school. I would suggest, and I'll make it a public statement, that every person in the county who has that privilege do it. I'll take my stand on what I believe above and beyond anything man has ever made because the Bible plainly teaches that we are to subject ourselves to the authority that's over us as long as the authority doesn't overstep the bounds of what God has said it ought to be. God settled that over 2,000 years ago, folks, and I'm going to stand on it until hell freezes over. <laughs> 
I'd like to go to that guy's church once at least. So the atheist goes on to say he took an oath, then he promptly refused to follow it because being a religious bigot matters more than doing what's best for students. That's his philosophy. While the district might be better off without families that think like him, it's a sad statement that the existence of a club for students he thinks are hellbound is enough to make a push for homeschooling. Would he say the same thing about a club for atheists, Jews, or Hindus? Note, note the emotive argument from this atheist guy. It's all emotive, and it buys hook, line, and sinker into the, active, the, the LGBT lobby's marketing of homosexuality to America. Anyway, <clears throat> Uh, then the atheist goes on to say, the good news, if there is any, is that Hicks was outnumbered. He was the only voice of unreason, to which I would say he was the only godly voice that stood up. Completely opposite. Anyway, on the flip side, you had people like board member Chris Christian, the irony of it all, <laughs> who understood the importance of a club like this. Christian added, that's why I serve on this board for the betterment of the children. I'm not questioning what these kids are going to do, but if there's an ounce of hope of saving someone, a child, I would have to vote yes. Hannah, your Roche, a senior at the high school and one of the co-founders of the GSA group, reiterated that the goal of the group was to create a culture of tolerance and acceptance for LGBT students at school while also giving students the ability to talk about LGBTQ matters in a safe space. More power to her. If voters... Ever have a chance to replace Hicks with Yorosh, they should take it. At least she cares about the well-being of students instead of pleasing a God who delights in punishing those who are LGBT and Q and not ashamed of it. So, of course, the atheist, you know, his worldview is backwards, but whatever. Okay, so I wanted you to see the video because uh, I think this is an awesome opportunity to show you worldview, conflicting worldviews when there shouldn't be a problem or an issue. And I say this as somebody living in Tennessee now, six years, uh, the middle of the Bible Belt. This is the middle of the Bible Belt where everybody supposedly goes to church, but whatever. Let's, let's watch it. We'll just see what they be able to enjoy the, the fiery debate. It wasn't really that fiery, at least. Not, this is about often, six minutes. Often board members, we're faced with difficult decisions. And quite often the decisions that we make don't reflect our own personal viewpoints or convictions or beliefs. The decisions that we make must look at potential lawsuits, not only for our school system, but also for our county. This isn't the same video. And the money that we would tie up would be money that we'd be, we would be taking away from our students, our teachers, our school system. I think that I also have to consider I took an oath of office when I became a school board member. And I pledge to support the Constitution of Tennessee as well as the Constitution of the United States. So with these things in mind, I would like to make a motion to approve the GSA club at Volunteer High School. I not only took that same oath you took, but I also went through an ordination procedure that included several hours of interrogation on what I believe. And I've got a book, and I didn't bring it with me simply because I didn't know whether there was anybody in this room would want to sue me because of my religious beliefs, but they, they do that. But I think my book supersedes the Constitution of the United States, the Bill of Rights, the Magna Carta, the Mayflower Compact, 
our board policies and the state constitution and everything else. And therefore, based on that, there's no way under God's heaven I can approve any such of club in our school. I would, and I'll tell you this right now, I've got a daughter that's got a, got a child that's in the second grade this year, and she has already made the decision that if something like this is approved by our board, she's pulling her kid out of school. And I would suggest, and I'll make it a public statement, that every person in the county that has that privilege do it. And, I, and I'll take my stand on what I believe above and beyond anything that man's ever made because the Bible plainly teaches that we are to subject ourselves to the authority that's over us as long as the authority does not overstep the bounds of what God has said it ought to be. And God settled that more than 2,000 years ago, folks. And I'm going to stand on it till hell freezes over. Thank you. Like I said, I talked to a lot of folks. I've been very conflicted. Whether there's God's law or man's law, man's law is what we have to go by in the world. God's law is how we as individuals choose to live our life. We're ruled with day-to-day -day operations by man's law. That's why I asked the question, should we even be voting on this? We need to fix that. That is part of man's law. But to, to get to the, my point I want to make, out of all the discussions I've had with men, women, old people, young people, middle-aged people, this is what held true to me. Allowing this organization whether you believe it's right or whether you believe it's wrong, that's up to the individual. Yes, you, we have moral convictions to our community. And, but this is it. This is it in a nutshell. A club such as this, could it possibly provide a venue for a, a child? No. I'll call, call it a child. We're in high school. They're children. Could it provide a platform, a venue, for this child to be able to express themselves? Could it provide a venue to prevent tragedy to become? Nope. To protect this child that has no family support? Mm -mm, nope. No one to reach out to. Could it be that venue for that child? Personally, my personal views does not matter. You're expressing your personal view. Am I view. conflicted? Yes, I am. Every day I turn the TV on, I'm conflicted. Yeah, you are. <laughs> but when this person said to me, what about that child? That's why I serve on this board, for the betterment of the children. And I'm not questioning what this, what these kids are going to do. Sure. But if there's an ounce of hope of saving someone, a child, then I would have to vote yes. Boo hiss, boo hiss, boo hiss. Would have to? Are you or not? He did. He voted yes. Before we cast the vote, I know probably Mr. Hicks and, and uh, 
Mr. Christian has spoke for all of us. We all have our release and convictions. But it's important, and one of the things seven years ago that I was told that if I would face my decisions on what is in the best interest of the student, I probably wouldn't go wrong in many cases. So I have debated this in my own, my own mind. I've discussed it with my own pastor and spiritual leader, and I've discussed it with many people in the community. And I've arrived at a decision that I think it's in the best interest of the student is how I will be voted. So with that said, I'll ask Ms. Michael to call the roll. Christian? Yes. Craddock? Yes. Hilton? Yes. Hicks? No. Shannon? Yes. Larkin? Yes. So she carries. Harp? No. Uh, you know what? Uh, okay, so... I take that out of my head. So, there you go. The two worldviews, conflicting worldviews. A man named Christian, I mean, literally, that's his last name, has no backbone. And neither did the other four that voted with him. Um, it, it, assuming, okay, I'm just, I don't know who any of these people are, but assuming uh, they oppose homosexuality, and because they understand the Bible says it's an abomination, then the Christian guy, Chris Christian, um, he cared more about the approval of men than God. And he did not put God's moral authority above this stupid indoctrination club called the GSA. I know Randall wants to say something. Yeah, he said man's laws. We have to be... Well, you know, we may, God's law may personalize, but we have to obey man's law instead of God's law. That's not what Peter That's right. and John said when they he were said, called. We must obey God rather than, than man. man. All right, Acts. And, yeah, Acts chapter 4. But let's take it to a second level for a moment. You know, this atheist writer, the friendly atheist on Patheos, wrote that, you know, the LGBT or the GSA clubs are for LGBT youth to discuss LGBT matters. What are LGBT matters? They're sexual matters. Let's let's say we open a cl club, we start a club that's just the heterosexual club, the Kama Sutra club, where we're going to give out copies of the Kama Sutra and just show purely heterosexual sex positions. Uh, we're going to pass out sex toys, and we're going to celebrate heterosexuality in our high school you know, we, we, you know, uh, parents, you can do what you want with sex ed classes. You know, if the health department, you can have those. You can opt out, whatever. But this is just a club, independent of health science, just a club where kids can come and celebrate heterosexuality and all the positions and all the toys and all the porn they can watch and things that celebrate heterosexuality. I mean, what would be wrong with a club like that? Who, who, could, who could say anything against a club like that? Where at lunchtime or after school they come and they watch porn and um, they learn how to use different sex toys and stuff. I mean, it was, you know, it's celebrating heterosexuality. And, you know, what would be wrong with that? I would have a problem with it, and I hope several other parents would have it. <clears throat> so LGBT matters. What are LGBT matters apart from sexual apart from sexuality? Is it the clothes they wear, the music they listen to? What makes it LGBT? What makes it lesbian, bisexual, gay, and transgender? Are sexual issues of sexuality? 
why does it get a pass? I'm not, you know, purely secular level. It's uh, like, it's like, well, well, we couldn't have this. You're wrong. <clears throat> you're you're so wrong about this. What do you mean? Well, from the LGBT lobby standpoint, you're. It's complete, about love. Well, it's about love, and it's about biology being between your brain, not your legs. But 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 it's about sexuality. Mm-hmm. But the sexuality is only determined by. How you feel in your brain. Still, what are LGBT matters apart from sexuality? I'm, I'm not I'm talking about. Bi- I'm not talking about. I know. Bio, I know I'm, telling I'm you. not talking about gender. Okay. Or, Ultimately, what it is is according, it's about sexual behavior. It's about well, no, it's about it's about being bullied because you're different. You were born that way. Well, how do you define LGBT apart from? Human sexuality, apart from sexual behavior. Oh, uh, it's not sexual behavior. It's just feelings. Don't you know? Haven't you been fully indoctrinated yet? <laughs> no, I have not. You should get indoctrinated. It's ridiculous. Yeah, you anyway. are. You should be totally indoctrinated into the LGBT <laughs> lobby. I wouldn't want the. I wouldn't <laughs> want the. The HEC, the Heterosexual Exploration Club. <laughs> and any more than I'd want the GSA club. You're such a bigot, man. Anyway, <laughs> back to you. Oh, poor Bearface, not feeling good. But he is my superhero husband, just so you know. All right. Okay, let me read some comments that came in. <clears throat> uh, okay, Sylvia Sue Lynn said, geez, uh, let me count the ways. Marty said, what is the age of consent anyway? Why is the club offered to children? Well, Marty, here's the thing. The the age of consent is teenagers, and basically this is how GLSEN, the Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network. Well, Leo, consent about sexual activity, I think he's asking, in the state. Well, Marty's a woman. Well, well, yeah, sorry, Marty. But uh, Tennessee, age of consent is 18. Okay, yeah, and that's what it is in most states, right? So... Why is the club offered to children? Because they're trying to indoctrinate the kids. I mean, if you can destroy a generation of children by brainwashing them into believing something abnormal is normal, then, you know, it is what it is. Okay, Mama Gina says, oh, so watching porn is celebrating heterosexuality. <laughs> Emotions, teach, profit. Uh this will be Lynn said, you're the bigot, Stacy. LOL, kidding. <laughs> yeah, I am. Actually, do you know the definition of a bigot is somebody who holds a particular worldview? And um, this, is a, this is a paraphrase of the definition, but we're all bigots by the actual definition of the term bigot because we all have... Or prejudiced anyway. Yeah. Well, anyway, anyway, so my point in sharing this with you is, number one, to share with you that this pastor... Praise God for this pastor who actually had the guts to stand for what was right and to stand against this GSA club. Now, regardless if it's in the law or not, and apparently it is, which is, you know, pretty typical, the the gay lobby has done what they've done. Um, That's still not the point. The point is, okay, so if they all had voted no and the principal voted no, then a lawsuit would have been filed against the school district, which they wanted to avoid, clearly. And this GSA club would have been put in there anyway because it's under the law, okay? But the people on that school board, they had a choice, right? And their choice was whether or not they, they were going to, if assuming they're Christians and they're, they're, they oppose homosexuality, maybe not all of them are, I don't know. But 
they had a choice whether or not they were going to stand on God's side or they were going to bow to the gay agenda. Five to one bowed to the gay agenda. They didn't, because ultimately, and this is what I'm going to do, I'm going to follow up uh, with this pastor. I'm going to see if I can actually contact this guy and get him on our show because this is the type of guy I want on my show. Somebody who has some backbone, who isn't ashamed of this book, this holy living word of God that changed his life clearly and obviously changed, has changed, you know, the lives of centuries and millennial of people. You know, this is my favorite book in the whole world uh, that if I'm not willing to do what this book tells me to as a Christian, why even bother calling yourself a Christian? You know what? I mean, seriously, it's very clear. I read it earlier. We're supposed to subject ourselves to authorities, but like Randall just said, Peter and John, they ended up in prison. Why? Because they obeyed God rather than man. Daniel almost lost his life because he obeyed God. Esther was in the same situation. She could have lost her life by what she did, and she obeyed God anyway. And we look at these people as, as people of faith. And honestly, hey, I don't know about you guys, but when I'm dead and gone, you know, if, if, if humanity continues after the rapture and stuff, I think that I want people to remember me as a woman of faith, somebody who didn't compromise. And if I slip up, I made a mistake like King David did. And, you know, I, I repented of that. I want to be known as a woman after God's own heart. I don't want to be known as some wishy-washy person who is afraid to stand with Christ on what he says. I I mean, you've heard it before. It said, you and God is a majority. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in fact, me and Randall this morning were reading in Revelation chapter nine. And I don't know about this. I don't know about you guys, but when was the last time you read Revelation chapter nine? Because I, in fact, I want to read it because it was really impactful as, as I read it this morning. I want to read this. You guys need to read Revelation nine. Well, I'm going to read it because you guys got to hear this is the future what's going to happen. So I'm going to read this. Okay. And this is, uh, this is the future. And what really stood out to me was the very end of this chapter, but you gotta, you have to uh, listen to this. In verse one, it says, and the fifth angel sounded and I saw a star from heaven, which had fallen to the earth and the key of the bottomless pit was given to him. Okay. Keep this in mind, bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit and smoke went up out of the pit like the smoke of the great furnace and the sun and the air were darkened by the smoke of the pit and out of the smoke came forth locusts upon the earth and power was given them as the scorpions of the earth have power. And they were told that they should not hurt the grass of the earth or any green thing or any tree, but only the men who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. Now, th this stood out to me when we were reading it this morning because I was like, okay, this is interesting that, that you know, these locusts, they don't have, they, they're not, they can't touch the, you know, the grass or anything like that. That typical locust that would eat. Right. So that was kind of interesting. But then it says here in verse 5, And they were not permitted to kill anyone, but to torment for five months. And their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings a man. And in those days, men will seek death, 
and will not find it, and they will long to die, and death flees from them. And the appearance of the locusts was like horses prepared for battle, and on their heads, as it were, crowns like gold, and their faces were like the faces of men. And they had hair like the hair of women, and their teeth were like the teeth of lions. And they had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots of many horses rushing to battle. And they have tails like scorpions, and stings in their tails is their power to hurt men for five months. And uh, they have as a king over them, listen to this, the angel of the abyss, his name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in the Greek, he has the name Apollyon. The first woe is past. Behold, two woes are still coming after these things. And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, one saying to the sixth angel whom, who had the, tr- the trumpet, <clears throat> release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates, and the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released so that they might kill a third of mankind. And the number of the armies of the horsemen was 200 million. I heard the number of them. And this is how I saw in the vision the horses and those who sat on them. The riders had breastplates the color of fire and of hyacinth and of brimstone. And the heads of the horses are like the heads of lions. And out of their mouths proceed fire and smoke and brimstone. A third of mankind was killed by these three plagues. By the fire, the smoke, and the brimstone which proceeded out of their mouths. For the power of the horses is in their mouths and in their tails, and in their tails are like serpents and have heads, and with them they do harm. But listen to this, okay? Now, this is coming. This hasn't happened yet. But listen to this. And the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent the works of of their hands, so as not to worship demons and the idols of gold and of silver and of brass and of stone and of wood, which which can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders, nor their sorceries, nor of their immorality, nor of their thefts. Now, <clears throat> I don't know about you guys, but I was telling Randall this this morning. If I was being tormented for five months with a scorpion-like, you know, infliction that all these people wanted to die from and try to get away from death, uh, I think that I would actually want to, uh, like, repent and not endure any more hardship. But um, the wickedness of these people who are going to be left behind is unbelievable. And... Um, I just, you know, I was reading that this morning and I'm, I'm thinking we need to tell people that this is coming and that they need to repent and turn to Jesus so that Jesus can change their heart. And then we have to strengthen the hands, right, Stephen? We have to strengthen the hands of those who are already in the faith so that they can stand firm when that evil day comes. And we're in the evil day. We're not in this particular evil day, thank God. But the days are evil, people. And if this next story about Mattel doesn't tell you this, I don't know what will. You know, one of you, um, I think it was Natasha, sent me this story earlier today over on LifeSite News. (sighs) 
It's titled Mattel Meeting with Gay Couple to Consider Barbie Same-Sex Wedding Set. Now, <laughs> no more Ken and Barbie because <laughs> Ken and Barbie so outdated. Just so you know. <laughs> Listen to this. Homosexual celebrations could be coming to toy aisles nationwide soon if Barbie manufacturer Mattel accepts a proposal to produce sets of same-sex wedding dolls. Uh, Matt Jacoby and Nick Caprio are a homosexual couple in Arizona that plans to get, quote, married next May. In comments on Instagram and to ABC 15, they explained that they wanted to get a special birthday present for Jacoby's eight-year-old niece, who will be a flower girl at their, quote, wedding, unquote. Jacoby is also an e-reality TV personality and contributor to Instinct magazine. We thought it would be special to give her something with a little meaning behind it, Jacoby explained in a post addressed to Mattel. What a bummer. You don't make one with two grooms. So they bought a Barbie wedding set and an extra Ken doll to make a package with two grooms and two flower girls. The post got the company's attention with a spokesperson confirming to Good Morning America that the company has invited the men to a meeting to discuss their pitch. Mattel has been wonderful and we are meeting with the head of Barbie Design their design team, and marketing, either next Friday or the first week of January, Jacoby told GMA, just sorting out travel details and schedules. From cartoons to elementary schools to public libraries, there are numerous ongoing controversies about pro-LGBT imagery and messages being introduced to children without their parents' knowledge or consent. But the couple argues that homosexuality is so common today that toy makers shouldn't be reluctant to expose young children to it. To which I say, that's a load of baloney <laughs> crap, uh, if I've ever heard it, because homosexuality isn't uh, common, that common, as most people think, okay? The indoctrination of homosexuality in the media is extremely common, but the actual percentage of the population who identifies that way is 1% to 3%. So 97% doesn't identify that way like you know one to three percent do and even of that one to three percent often a big percentage of that actually leaves it once they experiment and go oh my gosh what the heck was I thinking this is disgusting and I shouldn't be doing this um anyway article goes on to say it's going to come up in your family no matter what yeah because because of indoctrination uh, as more same-sex couples are having kids, your kids are going to have kids in a class that well, have I, gay parents. <laughs> did you just read that right? Is more same-sex couples are having kids? Yeah, that's what it says. They're not procreating, I'm pretty sure. Right. Jacoby declared that love is love and it's that simple, bareface. Lefty types seem to have an obsession with molding the kiddos to do their bidding. It's kind of disturbing, really. Corey Stallings lamented at Louder with Crowder, also taking aim at the couple's notion of making a birthday present for the niece about them. Way to make the gift all about yourself, Chief. Maybe for Christmas I'll follow suit and give everyone a stocking full of guitar strings, handgun ammo, and beef jerky, Stallings wrote. You know things I like. On top of them, I'll top them all off with a picture of myself. 
If Mattel ultimately decides to produce same-sex wedding Barbies, it wouldn't be the iconic doll line's first foray into pro-LGBT messaging. Last year, one of Mattel's official Barbie Instagram account posted a picture of Barbie doll that was proud to wear a Love Wins t-shirt bearing the slogan used since 2015 to celebrate the Supreme Court forcing all 50 states to recognize same-sex marriages. There you go. Good article over there at LifeSite News. Uh, and thank you, Natasha, for sending that to me. There's actually other, um, one other article I just want to get to. This is on NBC News, and it's titled, Just One Gay Acquaintance Can Change Hearts and Minds on LGBTQ Rights Study Finds. The study confirms, actually, if that's improper, <laughs> studies can't confirm anything. Studies always suggest, if you are a, re a, a real researcher, this is like I learned this in grad school, right, in Statistics 101, research only suggests, never confirms or denies anything, but whatever. So this says the study confirms, which isn't true, it, it can only suggest what many have already known anecdotally, coming out works as a strategy for changing minds on LGBTQ rights. Uh, the article... When Dr. Nelson Bonheim first discovered that the new female physician hired by his medical practice was living with another woman, he was a little uneasy about inviting her to his golf club. He recalled, Now, 25 years later, the 76-year-old retired gastroenterologist looks back on that uneasiness and thinks about how much he has evolved. Bonheim said, Once he got to know his colleague, a lesbian 15 years his junior, they quickly became close friends. In fact, he said he eventually considered himself the younger doctor's surrogate father or brother. By the time his colleague married her female partner, Bonheim said he realized they were like any other couple. He even spoke at her wedding, a wedding he said uh, he said her own parents, who are Orthodox Jews, refused to attend because they didn't fully accept their relationship. Well, good for them. I was never opposed to same-sex marriage. People have a right to do what they want to do, Bonheim added, but I wasn't as accepting as I am now. He said he and his former colleague, who's now in her 60s, still regularly have dinner with each other and their spouses. Bonheim is not alone in evolving on LGBTQ rights and acceptance after befriending a gay person. A new study confirms... <clears throat> What many have already known anecdotally, having at least one gay or lesbian acquaintance not only makes straight people more likely to support gay rights, but also makes them more accepting of gay people in general. The phenomenon is known as contact theory, according to Daniel Della Posta, the study's author and an assistant sociology professor at Pennsylvania State University. Della Posta, who is gay, there's a shocker said he has both a personal and academic interest in the topic and was inspired to research it after finding data and show that showed acceptance of homosexuality grew fivefold <laughs> between 1973 and 2016. Well, there's a shocker. I wanted to understand the sources of that drastic change, he told NBC News. Marketing. Della Posta said his study titled Gay Acquaintanceship and Attitudes Toward Homosexuality, a Conservative Test, is the first to provide an empirical examination of how straight people are affected by tangential relationships with gay and lesbian people. In order to do this, he compared data from the 2006, 2008, 2010 General Social Survey, uh, which since 1972 has been gathering thousands of Americans' opinions on a range of social issues. His, ana his analysis, which has since been published in the peer-reviewed journal 
Socius found that respondents who were acquainted with at least one gay or lesbian person in 2006 exhibited greater shifts toward increased acceptance of homosexuality and gay marriage in 2008 and 2010. In 2006, about 45% of people with gay or lesbian acquaintance supported same-sex marriage, but by 2010, the figure had increased to 61%. Of the respondents who did not have a gay or lesbian acquaintance, only 22% approved of same-sex marriage in 2006. Four years later, just 18% of the same respondents supported gay marriage. This guy said he wasn't surprised by the baseline findings, but... Rather, by who was changed and how, he said his analysis showed that straight people with no gay friends who encounter a gay or lesbian individual superficially, like in a grocery store or on the subway, could have their prejudices reinforced, but things change when you go one step further. I'm just going to stop here and make a comment. A little lemon... Okay, hey, how about I give you some Kool-Aid with just a little bit of arsenic in it? Would you drink it? No, really, would you? Would you drink it if I just gave it to you? Just a little teeny weeny, just one little drop. Would you drink it? How about a little bit of poop? If I put a little poop in your drink, would you Would you drink that? You bigot. How dare you say you don't want to drink it or eat that. If you take the next level to mere acquaintanceship, someone whose name you know, someone who, if you saw them on the street, you might stop and chat with them for a moment, the contact effect sets in, he told NBC News, when you suddenly have to interact with someone from an out group as an individual, it forces you to reconsider your biases. Yeah, it does, which is why I'm so struggling right now, because one of my best friends is in the gay community. And I have relatives in the gay community and I know people who came out of the gay community and oh my gosh, no, I still oppose it. <laughs> Della Post also found that while older political conservative straight people were the ones most likely to be against same-sex marriage in 2006, they were also the ones most likely to change their views on homosexuality and gay rights upon gaining a gay or lesbian acquaintance in subsequent years. Liz Owen, a spokesperson for PFLAG, the first and largest organization for LGBTQ people, their family and allies, said the data bears out what we've known anecdotally. Those who were previously opposed or ambivalent about gay and lesbian people can change their hearts and minds, Owen said. A big quote, takeaway, unquote, from this study, according to Della Posta, is that coming out works as a strategy for changing minds. This philosophy dates back to at least the beginning of the gay rights movement of the 60s and 70s, and one of its pioneering leaders, Harvey Milk, who Della Posta said inspired his research. Milk, who was assassinated in San Francisco 40 years ago, famously encouraged gay people to come out in a letter that was only made public after his death. Really? He was assassinated? Like, who did that? Was it some Baptist preacher down the street because he hated him? No. Look it up, who, who assassinated him. Anyway, I would like to see every gay doctor come out, every gay lawyer, every gay architect come out, stand up, let the world know, Milk wrote. What would do more to end prejudice overnight than anybody would imagine, or that would rather? I urge them to do that, urge them to come out, only that way we will start to achieve our rights. Della Posta acknowledged that not everyone who has a gay acquaintance will have a change of heart when it comes to gay people and LGBTQ rights. But he added, broadly speaking, 
it works. Well, broadly speaking, it may work with the indoctrination from the media, bullying from corporate America, bullying from attorneys, fiducial, you know, fiduciary bullying, you know, no support system because everybody's scared to stand up and go, well, uh, yeah, this is wrong. <laughs> what are you Archie Bunker or something? You backwards hick. I mean, seriously, Edith, you dingbat. I mean, seriously, <laughs> Randall, what do you think? I just, I'm dating myself now. Well, I know. I... <clears throat> yeah, and it's the way the argument goes. If you're opposed to homosexuality, you're opposed to homosexuals. You hate people. You hate her, hate her, hate her. Bigot, bigot, bigot. Bigot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm accepting and loving of all people. It's like, well, I'm, I'm not a fan of burglary. I'm not I, a fan of pedophiles, just saying. You know, I hate, I hate burglars. You know, the burglars should be, you know, I mean, why do we, why do we have, why do we have jails and prisons and stuff like that what do we have a rehabilitation systems yeah i mean if, if that's a dumb if idea the behavior is the person let's just kill everybody and done with it boy there's so many people if somebody really hated us there'd be so many quotes they yeah, could, they could they rip could, out of context they could and, rip out of context and make you look horrible yeah that's because i am horrible <laughs> <coughs> but yeah you are no just kidding. just kidding again horribly you know, wonderful that is uh, yeah. Here's another hateful statement. This is why I don't <laughs> like a lot of 12-step programs. Right. Because, hi, I'm Bob, and I'm an alco alcoholic. I haven't had a drink in 36 years, but I'm an alcoholic. That's my identity. Drinking to excess is my identity, though I haven't had any drink in 36 Cheers, people. I haven't had any drink in 36 Is this really water? Using, you know, taking a behavior and using it as our identity, you know, it's, I think that's, I think that's dangerous, whatever that is. What? You think that's dangerous? Yeah. Come on. I do. <laughs> and, but they, you know, the. I'm a chocolate chip cookie lover. De Della Pola here and, and the like want to, you know, you, you disapprove of the behavior, therefore you disapprove of the person. You don't like the behavior, therefore you hate the person. To hate that is to hate them. I mean, I I don't like it when I stay up too late, so I hate myself. You know, I don't like it when I eat too much junk food, oh, so I hate myself. No, I, I don't. Speaking I mean, of that, is there any of that bread left you bought, the cinnamon stuff? Yes, there is. Can but, I have a piece? Certainly. But, oh, yes. you know, it's, 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 it's dangerous thinking... And dangerous propaganda to say to disapprove of behavior means hatred of the individual. Right. All right, I'm done. You are. All right. Well, Jakey Jake says, if you say you are something, exactly, if you say you are something. Hi, Oddvar. By the way, hi, everybody that came in. I didn't see earlier. Steven is here. Jonathan, Gina, Kimberly, Alvin, John, Joni. Sarah, Mary, John. There's lots of Johns in here. Lisa, Wanda. Hey, Wanda. Everybody else. I said hi, I think, to you already. If you're on YouTube, hi. Hey, we got 180 subscribers on YouTube now, you guys. That cool or what? Thank you for doing that. Excuse me. Pardon, pardon, pardon me. Uh, don't forget, this is December 
And Ariel Ministries has 30% off on orders over $30 or more this month. Don't forget to go do some Christmas shopping there. It might be too late to get it by Christmas time, but I don't know. But you could try. You could still save some money by shopping over there. Support our sponsor. They are, they've been really good to us. And, uh, and those of you who already have, you know, bought products from them, thank you. Thank you for doing that. The income that we get from Ariel is really helpful to us. So, um, yeah, so thank you for that. Also, if you are not aware, you can be a pillar of our community by donating monthly, by just committing to donate something monthly. I suggested $25 originally, but you know, hey, I know things are tight for people. But if you like what we do, you want to donate anything to us, just do that. Become a pillar of the community. Um, I'd appreciate that. Of course, you can go to our bookstore or our resources page, and you can also um, buy buy some books and things that are in there if you if you like those. Um, and also Legal Shield. I got to tell you guys, uh, I am so excited. I won that book. I was telling you about the Profiles book, and I started reading it today. And I read this quote from Million Dollar Ring Earners, uh, Mark and Denise Brown. I want to read it to you. They said this, quote, Legal Shield has changed our lives because we have a business, but we have no inventory, uh, no overhead, and no personnel. And, they, and actually in reading their profile in, the, in this book, uh, they were talking about how they owned a print shop and how they actually ultimately closed down the print shop uh, to sell Legal Shield. Um, you know, and make that their business because, you know, they never got a break with their print shop. They work seven days a week. And so this is something too, you might want to consider if you want to join my team, I'm going to interview people to be on my team. If you want to be on my team, I want to interview you. I'm going to put you through a, you know, 18 page review process. No, (laughs) just kidding. If you can endure me for an hour, then you can probably sell legal shield. (laughs) Uh, but anyway, so, um, but here's the thing with Legal Shield. I love this quote because we have no inventory. Not like other direct sales companies, Legal Shield doesn't have anything to sell, like a product, like Spark Naturals, you know, essential oil, or, or Young Living essential oil, or you know, what do you call Avon or Mary Kay or or any of the the things that, you know, that a normal direct sales company they give you a product to sell. Legal Shield, we don't have a physical product to sell. We don't have any or overhead or inventory that's necessary, which makes it completely awesome and no personnel. Totally thing. That's that's one of the reasons I actually signed up for it, you guys, was because I know I don't have I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Legal Shield is insurance. It's a product that uh, you know, we have the largest law firm in America and Canada. That's what we are. And we sell identity theft protection and legal protection, which isn't a tangible product. It's a service product, which makes it perfect for you. If you're somebody, and this is what Mark and Denise Brown actually said, and they're a million dollar ring earner. Let me tell you something. A million dollar ring earner uh, is somebody who sold a million dollars, I believe, in one year. I think that that's what they had to do in order to earn that ring. So here's the thing. If you have ever found yourself telling anybody about a restaurant you've gone to or any other product that you've talked about, you know, hey, you know, like, like me talking about, 
you know, Young Living essential oil that Erin sold me, uh, who happens to be one of my customers, by the way. But, you know, she loves Young Living. She loves this stuff. I mean, there's not a conversation I have with her usually where she's not bringing up Young Living essential oil. She loves this stuff so much. She's giving Young Living constant, you know, publicity. But she's getting paid for it when I buy from her, right? I use Spark Naturals way more because it's, you know, I've known about it longer. But the point is, that's all you got to do with Legal Shield is tell people about it. Tell people what it is. And when they really see the value of the product and the service, they're going to get it because it's a no-brainer, really. And you don't have any inventory or no overhead and no personnel. And you know what it costs to join? It only costs $99 to join. That's it. $99. And I can tell you I've made 20 times that already in six months that I've sold it. So this is my challenge to you. If you want a part-time job or you want some good leadership training and you want to be on my team, contact me and become part of my team because that's what we're doing. We're building my team. We're doing leadership training. I have great upline. Uh, we're doing direct sales training. You're going to get direct selling 101 from Vicki when you join my team and you're going to get more training from Vicki too. Um, but you're going to make some money if you actually do, if you tell people about it and you do the work, you'll make some money. I guarantee you. Um, so that was for free. And I actually know some of you have uh, expressed some interest to me. So get in touch with me so we can get you signed up and we can get you making some extra money because we all need extra money. <laughs> That's the truth. Uh, and it's not that hard to do. So anyway, so tomorrow, in fact, how, how do people get paid joining the team? Well, basically, you get paid when you sell a membership. Don't get me... Oh, yeah, that's okay. I understand your comment. Okay, well, let me answer the, other, the first comment. How do you get paid joining the team? So what you what you do when you join Legal Shield is you pay to join the team, and then you get trained and you sell the membership, which is a great product, uh, which I'll take you through that if you don't know what it is. Um, and then you, you actually start. The, the pay commission with Legal Shield is awesome, by the way. True story. You actually have... Uh, two ways you, you get, actually it's more than two ways, but two ways you get paid your base commission when you first start and then you, you get paid with your bonuses and the bonuses are really where you make your money. Um, and then, oh, you do get paid three ways and then you get paid when you have people join your team and they sell something, you get overrides from their, from their sales. So they, their commission structure is really good in that regard. Um, so and I can, you know, if you're interested later, we can talk about that later. Uh, I am going to be doing a will preparation workshop. Um, I think it's going to be, I think I'm going to do it in January. Let's see here. I was thinking about doing it January 2nd, but I'm not sure what day that is. Um, and then I'm going to be doing some other things too. January 2nd is a Wednesday. I'm not sure. Might be. I might, it's going to be the first week that I'm going to do for sure. But, um, for ladies of justice, which is the, the, um, you know, the girly part of legal shield, it's not actually a pyramid scheme. That's where you're ignorant about what direct sales is. But here's the thing. Um, I'm going to be doing a will, uh, training workshop and that will actually, you know, teach you a little bit about why you need to get a will, how easy it is to get a will that we actually provide that service through Legal Shield Ladies of Justice. And um, 
if you guys have your membership and you don't have your will done yet, you need to do it. Do it. Okay. Just saying. Um, so we'll be doing that and that will actually help you to understand um, a little bit more about the service and, and all that. So it's, it's, you know, what I'm finding is that a lot of people are like, oh, I had no idea that this is what it was. But, you know, sometimes it is what it is. And, you know, to the person who said that it's a pyramid, actually a pyramid scheme is, is actually when somebody is taking money from you and there is no product and they basically take the money and run they convince other people to buy into something that's not there. Legal Shield's been around since 1972, and um, it's <laughs> it's a proven it's a proven company and uh, all that. And tomorrow, because of you guys, I'm going to be on a call with uh, the former CEO of Prime America, who actually is one of the ways uh, one of the guys who actually had he's one of the top leaders at Legal Shield. Lovely way to respond when someone asks a question. You're a Christian. Yep, I am proud of it. Can't deny that fact. Ignorant is actually a very polite way of telling you you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I could have said you're a butthead and an idiot and you're stupid and you have no clue what you're talking about, but I didn't. I said you're ignorant, just so you know. Okay. All right. Anyway, so hope you guys have a good rest of your day. Remember... <laughs> to be bold do do us a favor pray for us too okay because um we're both not feeling good <laughs> be bold but i did get through the hour without coughing through it right that was good be bold people stand up <laughs> and go with god because he loves you talk to you later